Good morning. This morning we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 21, verses 18 to 25. That's Matthew chapter 21, 18 to 25. Join with me as we read. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. If you do have your Bible, though, uh, feel free to open up to our Bible reading in Matthew chapter um, 1, and uh, we're going to just plod through that passage for the next few moments Uh, this morning together. And I do hope, as we saw on the kids' talk, you would appreciate and understand, maybe for the first time or anew this morning, what the name Emmanuel does mean and why Jesus has that name. If you'd like the talk outline, please head to the online hub with our QR code. You can get an outline of the service there and um, as well. So if you'd like to do that, feel free to grab your phone out, scan it and head there. I wonder if you've been watching a lot of TV this year. Um, don't answer that. It's embarrassing, I'm sure, because it's probably too much than what you care to admit. But one thing which I've found uh, since watching Netflix and all those streaming things is I don't often see adverts much anymore. And then you do flick over to normal TV and you go, oh, what is this thing? What are, they, what are they trying to do to me? And every now and then, though, there are some very hilarious ones or ones that are very relevant, so to speak. And one advert that I found really interesting this year is the... Maya Christmas advert. Has anyone seen the Maya Christmas advert? It's uh, the, 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 the catch cry, the tagline is, for all the missed birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, and more, let's make this year's Christmas bigger than Christmas. Let's make this year's celebration bigger than Christmas. The idea is that in all the crazy of the year, we've missed so much stuff, we need to make Christmas a time when we make up for it all, right? All the events, all the celebrations that you and me didn't get to have, Let's lump it all on Christmas Day, and by the way, buy everything from Maya too, because that's you know what they want you to do. But interesting, isn't it? Maya's realised that Christmas is a big deal. It does for more significant in the day, doesn't it? I mean, the food, the preparation, the haircuts, the home renovations, the gifts, drinks, cleaning your home, travelling around to see people which you might not see very often. You know, nothing in our society has that kind of impact in the build-up to Christmas, does it? It is a big deal. 
You know, the comments under the YouTube video, because I didn't watch it on TV, but the YouTube video comments um, are really interesting. And, and Donna, uh, Donna says this, commenting on the ad. This is brilliant. This is actually Donna's real comment. I didn't make it up. This is brilliant. You've captured the pain of 2020. You've offered the freedom of hope and wrapped it up beautifully with the heart of giving, which for most of us is an act of love. Love, peace, unity, and freedom, something we're all crying out for. Love it well done. Donna's on to something here, I think. Christmas offers us freedom, love, hope, peace, unity, and a gift. You just won't find that at the bottom of your tree or in your stocking. Or in the shop. Or around a dinner table. Or around a perfectly functioning family today. Or in a new thing. Or in changing your job. Or being more positive. or I mean, good things, nice things, I'm sure. But you'll actually find it right under your nose. And yes, it is in that familiar scene with the baby Jesus in that manger. But lest we think today, this year, that Jesus is of no help, can't understand a year full of change, come with me and let's conclude that I think the first Christmas has lots of similarities with us today in 2020. I three points to show us from our Bible reading to, to make this point. Firstly, Jesus had a different, very different beginning. Jesus was given a very different name. And all of that tells us that we have a very present God with us. First thing to see is at the beginning. And I imagine that for a woman, not much can top the shock and emotional roller coaster and life changing moment when you realize you're pregnant. And especially if it wasn't expected. That's Mary. But Joseph, Joseph's also thrown for a six as this as well. The trouble was, Joseph wasn't the father. Joseph cared very deeply for Mary, and it was a very hard thing to swallow to hear, Joseph, I'm pregnant. No, you're not the dad. And with all that going on, with that swirling in his heart and mind, he decided that I, I just, I can't, do this. I can't commit to that. Yet we learn at the beginning that Joseph did have a good character. He was, he, was a, he was a good man, and so he decided that I just want to end it quietly. It's never easy to ask questions about your relationship, is it? Especially in public, especially when it's a bit tricky how it ended or how it began or what's going on at the moment. And so Joseph feels that, and he says, I don't want to, I don't want to disgrace her. I don't want it to be got out there. I'll just do it quietly. But there's something really different. Before Joseph knows, we the reader have already been clued in that Mary is not pregnant through another man. Mary is pregnant through the Holy Spirit of God. An immaculate conception is what this is often referred to. And what on earth does that mean? Well, Mary was pregnant through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the creative, personal part of God, force of God, who was who is part of the triune God, who is God, who hovered over the deep waters before anything was made, and the Spirit moved and created and gave life. The Spirit is the breath of God. And this life-giving, creating Spirit has now given life to Mary in her womb. Nothing about Mary is amazing in this part. Having Jesus in her does not make her more wonderful than anyone else either. The text isn't interested in exonerating Mary, actually, Sex is interested in the baby, not the mum. 
You see, this conception is all about God relating to creation. Not as a spirit, not as a force, not as a good idea, but as a person, right? You see, the spirit of life, God's spirit, was generating and relating to his creation. And the claim of Christianity is that God is Jesus. Jesus is, in fact, God. And there was a moment in time when the second person of the Trinity, the triune God, the Son of God, had a beginning. As a human, he had a beginning, where he decided to become one of us. Jesus. Always existing as God, always there as God, yet being born as a human. And suddenly the God who depends on nothing and no one in order to exist and be who he is, he came and inhabited a space, a human body, and we call that the incarnation. It's the climax of God revealing himself to us, you see. The trying God has condescended to reveal and relate to those who he's made in his image. Because, you see, you and me could never ascend to God. God decided to descend to us. And that's the uniqueness of Christianity. God came down to us to bring us back up to him. It's not a problem for God to do that, by the way. He can remain fully who he is, yet also inhabit a man at the same time. And in doing so, we see the perfect character of God revealed, don't we? And yes, it's a bit hard to get your head around on Christmas Day of all days. But thankfully, though, like in our passage, God is very pleased to give clarity and explain things when he pulls the handbrake in our life, in Joseph's life, to show, hey, this is what's going on. We read in verse 20 that a messenger appears to Joseph in a dream. Dreams in the Bible are how revelation often came, an explanation. It's not just a very different beginning that Jesus had. He has a very different name. Here's what the the angel says to Joseph. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. She'll give birth to a son. You are to name him Jesus. Thanks, Siri. (laughs) Siri must have Jesus. She's satisfied with what she's got. And you can be satisfied too today on Christmas, not through a full tummy, but through Jesus, the one to save you. And he saved the awkward moment. The angel here reminds Joseph that fear shouldn't be on the menu today. It's not what it seems. And the point, this entire narrative in Matthew's getting at, nestled in the genealogy, if you read Matthew 1, there's lots of names, but nestled in the genealogy right here, the point is thrust upon us. Jesus is far more than a name, Uncle Bob, you you may give a child in honor of Uncle Bob. You know, our kids have names that are significant to us. Charlotte Joy, Joy is uh, Natasha's mum's name. Edward John, John is uh, my favorite book of the Bible, and also great theologian and pastors have the name John. You know, John Calvin, John Owen, John Bunyan, Jonathan Edwards, John Frame, John Stott, John Goldingay. Emily Jane, Jane is Natasha's middle name. So our kids have names that are significant and wonderful. But the name Jesus is also significant because it means the Lord saves. Save meaning rescue from trouble and affliction. And then we're told explicitly what trouble and affliction will this Jesus rescue us from. Well, it's who save us from our sin. Sin is the alienation between God and us, and Jesus will rescue us from that, right? But there's another name he'll have. This is a name, not that Joseph will give him, one that we'll give him, you and me. 
all that's happening at this moment, all that's happening in the birth of Jesus in this, in this manger is actually part of God's plan and agenda in the world. God doesn't sit aloof and detached. God has not set the world in motion and said, hope it goes well, I'll see you in a few thousand years. What's wonderful about the Christian God is he wrote himself into the fabric of creation as a human and he'll remain that forever and ever. The incarnation will go on. Jesus' coming was the plan. The plan we had a glimpse of through the prophets in the Old Testament, which one of them is mentioned here, Isaiah's name. It says all of this, the birth of Jesus is going to fulfill what Isaiah said, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and, and, and they, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus hasn't come only to save, but so God can be with us too. You know, if you jump ahead to the very last chapter of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, the very last few verses, you hear the risen Jesus say these words. You can be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, Matthew's bookending his his whole life of Jesus here. At the beginning, the angel said, Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus says at the end, after he's died and risen, I am with you always to the end of the age. And between those bookends, we see the life of the man who was and is and will ever be Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, who's inviting us into his kingdom and presence. And when he said, I'm with you always, that's as true today as it was back then when he first said it. All of this to say that at Christmases, on all differences we have faced, we actually have a very present God with us. You know, the, twi- the, the Christmas story reminds us that in all the twists and turns in life, there don't have to be an interruption to God or his purpose to bless the world through his son, Jesus. You know what I've started to realize, and maybe you have too, is if you speak to someone about the year and you have conversations today, I'm sure, and it will go something like this. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, oh, what a year. Tell me how it's changed for you. Oh, well, I was going to do this in January, and then now I've actually changed today. I've moved, I've got had three different jobs. Uh, we've now have an extra child and uh, blah, 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 and and... Your plans in January have just flipped and turned and backflipped until today. You know, and I reckon if Joseph was here today and he came to your place for lunch and grabbed a beer and he sat down with you, he said, guess what my year's been like? Mary got pregnant. wasn't me. Don't worry. It was God. Yeah, let me tell you about it. An angel appeared and said, it's okay, it's God doing this. This baby, you're going to call him Jesus, so I didn't even get to pick the name. And in fact, he has another name, which Isaiah the prophet wrote about 600 years before, called Emmanuel, which means God's with us. So that's my year. How's it been? And in light of 2020, that doesn't sound too ridiculous, does it? And maybe for you, this year has been a confronting reminder, a bit like Joseph, that you're not in control. That the comfort and good planning that you so love to have ultimately aren't going to save you. That in coming to the end of yourself, maybe is actually God's way of stepping into your life so you can be one of the people that Isaiah spoke about. So that you can say, Emmanuel, that's Jesus. That's my God. Not irrelevant Jesus, not old-fashioned Jesus, not made-up Jesus, not ridiculous Jesus. But Emmanuel, my Jesus. You know, the Maya advert did pick up Christmas should be bigger than this, than this year. And Donna was right too, wasn't she? 
After all, what could be more massive than God himself showing up to rescue, redeem, and rule over us? So why not make today bigger than Christmas? Why not make Jesus your Lord and Savior, your Emmanuel, so that every day from today, you can go into the week, into the year, into 2021, saying, God is with me. Because that's a message we can all take comfort in at Christmas. Let's pray and let's sing one more song together. Our great God, who can know the depths of your thinking and mind and heart? Yet God, you have chosen to reveal yourself to us, to awaken us to the truth of you, and especially at Christmas through your Son, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Emmanuel. God, as we think about today and this week and this month and this year that has been, would we know without a shadow of a doubt that the words that Jesus said, I am with you always to the end of the age, that the angels spoke of this Jesus, he is Emmanuel. That is true today as it has ever been. And each one of us, that can be our truth. That can be the life we live knowing that you are with us always. So God, in all the change, help us to be secure in you. Father, may we find joy in your presence today and every day in 2021. In your name we pray these things. Amen.